Welcome to the Life Leagues Podcast, a Latina podcast for the modern cultura. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, Peruana, California native, structural engineer, mother, and your amiga for all things Latina. Here we honor the women who navigate multiple cultures, both aquí and allá, and somewhere in between, providing that safe place for you to speak your truth, celebrate la cultura, and find belonging in this comunidad. Join us every Wednesday on your favorite streaming platform to listen to your new amigas as they share their journeys of lessons learned, barriers they overcame, and the joys of living life with pure authenticity. Encuentras your voice and discover the life meant for you. Hola, chicas. Welcome to the Lifelinks podcast as we enter back into the studio from that spontaneous trip to Spain to capture a moment of opportunity that we'll be spilling out to you over the next few weeks We are really excited to share the opportunities that have come up and that we took advantage of in order to bring you even more availability to share your stories. Because our voices are valuable and need to be shared not only within our community, but worldwide. I took Claudia Valenzuela's advice when listening to her episode last week, Live Large, Dream Larger. And I didn't allow myself to say no or take precaution, but instead jumped on a plane to check out the immense possibility of living an even bigger dream. This season five, I tell you, it's filled with such powerful women who love inspiring you, giving you the encouragement to change your life, to take risk, and to be loved for who you are in your most authentic self. It's Finding your voice. Encuentras your voice to speak your hard truth. It's scary, sometimes really difficult to put yourself out there into the unknown, away from your comfort. But as you will hear today from an amazing mujer, the joy you discover is unfathomable, beyond any dream you had before. Today, we are deeply honored to have with us Victoria Blumenfeld, a Latina artist who specializes in colored pencil, an art form she dove into as a child to escape the oppression of a cult church. This former cult member stood up for herself and escaped so that she could live her true self, love her true self, and find joy to live life on her terms. She shares her profound and moving story of the struggles and triumphs enduring a religious background to fight against old ideologies and habits in order to discover freedom. Victoria's debut collection, Rebirth, literally illustrates her self-discovery journey from an oppressed little niña to the vibrant and inspiring woman she is today celebrating a newfound sense of joy, even with undercurrents of anxiety and fear. This episode will have you crying, jumping out of your chair for joy, and raising a fist in the air for all the mujeres who have fought to live their authentic selves. We see you, we love you, and are grateful to have you here with us today. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It feels such an honor to be able to be a part of this and to engage with other Latina women out there and just knowing that I have a place where we could all relate and be together. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm glad you feel that. We love this comunidad we're building and the women finding each other. It's a blessing. Yes, everyone listening, everyone joining. It is a gathering. So let's start off with getting to know you more, just from your family heritage. Talk about your life story a little bit. What was it like for you growing up based on your cultural upbringing? Yeah, so I grew up in a Latina household. You know, my mom was born and raised in El Salvador before she came to the States. And my dad was Mexican 
but he kind of grew up in like the Texas area, so he was very Tex-Mex. And I grew up in a very conservative church atmosphere. I feel like the church was really my culture. It really became a big part of me. It was more like apostolic, Pentecostal kind of upbringing. So it was very strict and very all-consuming. My mom, especially because she grew up in El Salvador and her parents were from El Salvador, they were even more so just like wanting to have the traditional upbringing. Like my mom, she was just like, well, why don't you be a receptionist? Because she was a receptionist in the medical field. And she had the dream and the aspiration of becoming a nurse or maybe even a doctor. But you know, she didn't feel like she had that kind of opportunity. But at the same time with my church and where we grew up in that conservative, it was almost like the role as a woman in there, it was more just like you're a wife and you take care of your kids. And oh my goodness. That's kind of what you do. That's the way my mom had to be too is feeling like she had a lot of dreams and she had a lot of aspirations that she wanted to do, but there was always something in the way that kind of came in between that. So it was just really sad. And I think because of witnessing that, it made me have more of an ambitious kind of mindset. And (laughs) maybe because I did grow up in the 21st century and not back in the 50s, I just felt like I could have more of a voice and I wanted to be that voice for people to show them that it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to feel like that either where you always feel like you can't do the things that you aspire to do. It can be so difficult to develop self-love, especially when you're going through really um, hmm, restrictive, difficult situations as a young person and being, like you said, being told no so much either about probably, and I'm going to go out on a limb just from personal experience, probably being told or shamed, I'll even go that far, for what you wear, um, if you try to wear makeup, if, you know, if you're going out with certain people or boys or there's so much that you say comes from a good place, good intentions, but those are all self-expressions. You're spot on when you talked about those things of what they said no to. It was all those things. I experienced, you know, never being able to wear certain type of clothing. You know, I've always had to be in skirts, long sleeve shirts, very conservative looking, very modest looking. And, you know, wearing a little spaghetti strap tank top during the summer would be like, oh, my God, put some clothes on. Like, what are you doing? You're showing your shoulders, you know, like, how dare you? Did I raise a, you know, a bad daughter, you know, like. Yeah, who are you trying to attract? (laughs) Who are you trying to impress, Mm -hmm. you know? Que va a decir la gente. Mm -hmm. It was like that even like around my own father or my own siblings it was just like no you have to look modest all the time even if it's family you have to look modest so consuming it's like you had no bandwidth to think about anything else other than pleasing people oh that's wicked yeah Yeah. did you just explode out into yourself was it a slow crawl to be safe or did you just go you know what (laughs) i waited a lifetime to get here i think it was a slow crawl at like I said, I think everything started in junior high. I feel like that's when everybody starts to take a turn because that's when the hormones come in. That's when the puberty starts. I would ask my friends, like, borrow some of your clothes. Oh, gosh. And they would give me their clothes and I would change at school, but then change right back into my skirt and my conservative yes. clothing right after school. Pretty much when I entered into my early 20s, that was when I finally just was like, forget it. Like, (laughs) I'm not doing this no more. Like, (laughs) if you wear revealing clothing or if you wear makeup, that doesn't define you as a person. It's 
It's a moment. Makeup can be removed. Clothes can be removed. Like, it, that doesn't mean that that's who you are as a person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you an expressive person. It's a form of self-love. It takes a lot of courage to walk outside the door wearing something revealing. Because you know you're going to get a lot of stares and you know you're going to get a lot of comments and chit-chat of people at you. But it's a form of you just showing yourself how much you care about yourself and how much you love your body and you as a person that you can just walk outside and just be like, I'm going to wear this today. (laughs) You know? Yes. I love that. That's beautiful. I don't do it for anybody. I do it for myself. I do it as a way to love myself. It's almost like I'm trying to love my younger self because I felt like there were so many things that I just wanted to do and I wanted to say and I wanted to express, but I always felt like somebody was always watching me and always had to be on my best behavior. I'm going to be that person that I wanted to be when I was little and that I yearned for. What gave you the strength? What gave you the courage to ultimately say, no, I come first, I'm doing my dream? I feel like it was more of a buildup. You know, I think after years and years of being told no constantly about various things, I think it must have just been like my ancestors calling in or something and just giving me that fight feeling of just like, We are not in the 50s. This is the 21st century. And I don't feel like they understand where we're at right now. And that things are not as easy and accessible as they used to be for some people. I can't really explain very well of like what kind of drive came in me. But it just felt like a fierceness. It just felt like. Something in me was wanting to crawl out for so many years that I just, I never had that opportunity until I finally got old enough to understand myself better. And I think that's what motivated me to just be like, okay, you know what? I know that these people are coming from a good place and I know their hearts are trying to be as positive as they can. But at the same time, I have to take things in my own hands and I have to do things that make me feel happy, even if it disappoints them. Wow. That is a lot of self-awareness and maturity for still a young person. And it sounds like self-love. Like you were fighting for yourself. You loved yourself enough to fight for it and allow Mm -hmm. yourself to move forward rather than just disappear. It was hard. It was definitely a hard journey to break out from being so conservative to that. Mm -hmm. But it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth the trials that come along with it and and the disappointments. You know, it's, it's hard when you have your family and people who are very close to you, you know, not feel very positive towards you in those moments. And it can be very devastating when you lose those connections but at the same time it's the most rewarding experience even though you feel like you lose a lot you gain so much more because you're finally being true to yourself you're finally expressing who you are and the more that you express who you are the happier you feel so it's very worth it and I don't regret any of my choices or any of my decisions because it's brought me to where I am today. Oh, that's beautiful. I was not the kind of girl who did very well in school because I was just constantly thinking about other things and other people. And, you know, I took on a lot of responsibility in my family. So I just couldn't focus. But art was like the one thing that I felt where number one, I could be free, where I can just have my mind just be in my own little world and my own little like safety blanket for me was just a place where I could express myself without 
the fear of judgment or doing something wrong, you know, because growing up in a very highly conservative environment, you always felt like you always had to be on your best behavior. And you always had to be strong for your family and for God and for everyone, you know, and and you want to show that best side of yourself. So that's how I felt a lot of the time when I was growing up and just trying to be that good role model and that good daughter and that good sister. And when I was that young, it was like a lot to take on and art was just a way for me to just feel like myself and like a kid almost, you know, where I get to finally just not feel like I have to be an adult at such a young age. Right. Absolutely. There's the commonality for a lot of the women on the show, whether it's your birth order, you know, the oldest daughter or the only daughter, or even if you're the one that the parents rely on, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of adult responsibility put on the children way beyond their years, leaving no space and time for that young girl to be loved with where she's at so yeah you turn to art which we can see over your shoulder I'm gonna make sure we see over your shoulder it's stunning I can see where art because it's such a personal soulful Mm -hmm. expression of yourself and it's the one place where you hope you can shut out other people's opinions and thoughts and you can really be yourself. You started that as a way to get away from this oppressive upbringing in the church and the very strict family upbringing. Is that something you set for yourself as a professional or did you go after what you should be first? I think because I was so young, I wanted to abide by what you know, the church wanted and what my family wanted for me. So I did go get a regular job Mm -hmm. route. Mm So when I was, I think I was like 18 or something or 19. And, you know, I I got my job at Jamba Juice, which was like, I got so much praise for just working at Jamba Juice. And like I was doing Yeah, for my family. That was the high water mark. That was like the high water, (laughs) like, oh my God proud moment of just like she got a job chamba juice you know she's gonna go places you know and to me I was like it's chamba juice like I mean I love it but at the same time it's just like that's not really like a stepping stone kind of job you know it's it's more just like that leads to higher things it's it's a great job for when you're still learning how to navigate working and all that stuff and it was good practice for me for sure but no my family took it as like thank god she's doing something with her life other than you know pursuing art and and I had big dreams that not only was art a big fantasy of mine but it was also working for like a huge company like google and wanting to do advertisements and marketing and those kinds of jobs and they were totally against that they my church did not allow that I my my church actually told me no and when I told them like what I wanted to do they were like you should probably stick to something a little bit more local and a little bit something that doesn't require so much of your time oh like no career yeah you are not allowed to go after a career because it takes you away from the home? Yeah, it takes you away from the home, the church, the environment. And they didn't feel that I should pursue something that requires you to be away that much. Mm -hmm. They pretty much shut down that for me. At the time, I didn't feel like I had a choice Mm -hmm. because I was so integrated into that place that it was all I knew I grew up in it I was born in it so I thought what they were saying was 
accurate. And I was afraid because I didn't do very well in school. Also, you know, my family would say like, Google's a little out of your reach, don't you think? And so my dreams got a little bit crushed in that sense. What were you holding on to to keep that faith that going forward was going to be the right thing for you and you would be happy and rewarded for moving on? I think it was my hope. It was my hope that kept me going of just knowing that something better could happen and that I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what my future looked like. I didn't know anything. But what kept me going is that just maybe the thought, just a little inkling of a little star or something, of just feeling like maybe one day I can be that artist. Maybe one day I can wear an outfit that I've always wanted to wear. It was just a lot of things that I felt like I had a lot to look forward to that made me just continue this journey. I remember when I first left, my first trip was to LA. And I remember how excited I was. Here I am at 20, 21 years old. First time ever being on a plane. And I went to my first trip to LA and it was the most exciting thing I've ever done. I was so excited that I didn't even pay attention to how scary the plane was. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> in the air and, and I was just so excited and my second flight totally different story I was like oh my god I'm up in the air there's so much that I still don't know about this world because I've lived in this little bubble for 20 21 years of my life and I never broke out of that bubble you know what I've been a Bay Area girl my whole life. I, I grew up in Fremont, Hayward, and just that's all I've been. That's all I've known. Yeah. And to break out of that, to go to L.A., and then my second trip was to Sedona, Arizona. I was just like, wow. oh, my God. I've never even knew this place existed. And, you know, when we went to Sedona, it was a magical I felt like I was living in a dream then my third trip that I ever went to was Vegas and that's <laughs> that's in city right there I had a ball of emotion and I was like oh my god this is my time to shine to wear the most revealing dress I have and just be free but then at the same time there was still a part of me that was still so scared and just like Oh my God, I'm in Vegas. This is Sin City. Oh my God, I should not be here. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had like a mix of emotions. It was very mixed. It took me a day to adjust there. But after that, oh my God moment, and <laughs> I'm a terrible person for being here, I was like, no, I'm going to have the best time here and I'm going to do so great. And And I did. It was so exciting. It was so exciting to just be able to gamble for the first time and to be able to just explore the cities and just see women out there just being themselves. That was like the most powerful thing to me. It was just so inspiring for me to just see people be comfortable in their own skin, in their own bodies, and just have that confidence and so I think it's thoughts like that and experiences like that that kept me from ever going back to the way that I lived before. Yeah. And I always have to tell myself, as much as this hurts to feel like I lost so many connections with people, this feels more true to who I am. And if I want people to love me, I want them to love me for who I am rather than for what they thought I needed to become, to be loved. And that's how I felt a lot growing up, was that if I did A, B, C, and D, then I would get love. But if I didn't do those things, then I would be punished and I would not feel loved. And so I just got to a place where it's just like, I want to be loved for who I am and the person like all of me, 
the silly side, the crazy side, the serious side, the the caring side of me, like all these sides that I have and everybody has, you know, those are the parts that I want to feel loved for. And I want to be loved by not Mm -hmm. if I follow this list of rules and I follow a certain lifestyle, then that will get me the love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you really bring up a powerful point in that. I think for every listener, for anybody that in order to receive the love that feeds us, that sustains us, that really brings us joy, we have to present ourselves authentically, <laughs> which takes a lot of self-love. Like you just described beautifully, putting yourself out there confidently, knowing you love yourself and you're fine and thriving in your own skin and are able to turn off the voices you bring up that powerful point of in order to attract someone and your community, your group of friends that are going to love you unconditionally, you must present yourself in your most authentic way, your true self. And that's very vulnerable, can be very scary. But I love how you describe what it felt like Every moment of joy, it sounds like you just pocketed it away and and it kept building within you. What is your relationship with the culture now? How do you view yourself with your heritage and your cultural background? I think I am trying to, like now, I want to kind of step away from the culture that I grew up in and more trying to identify with my Salvadorian, Spanish, native roots. Like there's still so much that I don't know about my culture because being in, you know, the church that became my culture. So like, I want to know what are the Salvadorian traditions? What kind of things did they do? What of my native side? What kind of things did they do that draw in their inspiration? I wonder if you'll start seeing what parts of you are that. That's exactly like what I'm so excited to learn about. Like when you ask me, where does this drive come from? It's very hard for me to answer that because from my perspective, it feels like, I don't know, maybe it's just a part of me somehow. Mm -hmm. But like if I were to learn about my roots, I feel like it would make a little bit more sense of, why am I so stubborn? Why am I so just like, things have to be this way? Or, <laughs> you know, what gives me that feeling? It feels like it comes from my gut of just something always telling me, that's not your path. Mm-hmm. That's not for you. And in, in my mind, I'm like thinking at the same time, like, no, this has to be for me because this is what I was taught my whole life. So like very contradicting thoughts and it's a lot of battling in my head of just like what I think the right thing is to do Mm -hmm. and then what this like inner voice that's just telling me like no Mm -hmm. you need to go this way this is the path for you so let's talk about your art because it sounds like it saved you as a little person coming up through some really harsh circumstances being alienated from yourself and therefore from your love, and you turned to art, but you continued with the art. So what is art for you now? Art for me now is a way to inspire other people as well as continue to inspire myself, to show myself how far I've come. I'm working on a collection right now called Rebirth. And for me, that's what I felt like I went through. I went through a whole rebirth journey of just going from being conservative to, like you said, opening up like a little flower and just being more authentic to myself. So this collection for me is me pouring my heart and being vulnerable and sharing with people that It doesn't matter where you come from. 
whether you come from a conservative background or not, even in traditional Hispanic households, I feel like they're strict too. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that feeling where you can't be your true self. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes other people in your life think they know what's best for you. And like I said, they come from good places, but you only know what's best for you. And your gut and in your heart, you know what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, these pieces are my way of just trying to share with others like, look, it's achievable. You can do it too. And you could be yourself. You can be your authentic self. And even though it's going to be a very hard and very scary journey, it's going to be worth it. And you're going to get people in your life who are going to love you and care for you for you. Not because you do A, B, C, D, and mm -hmm. E, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So the collection... You call it a collection. So there's multiple pieces of this rebirth. Are you capturing different stages of yourself? Because these are self-portraits in case no one's watching the video. The collection is self-portraiture in colored pencil, yeah. which is another medium. I've never seen an artist do entirely colored pencil. These self-portraits, they look like a picture, like a photograph. They're stunning. So is the collection all self-portraiture? And is this phases of yourself then? Yes. Yes. So the one that I'm working on right now, I mean, I'm still at the very beginning stage of it. This one of me is when I was in that church. You can't see it right now because I'm not done with it. But that one is my very first drawing. So that one is going to be what I looked like with my long hair, no makeup, oh. and wearing my conservative clothing that I used to have to wear. And I called that one the perfect one oh. because that's what I felt at the time that I had to be and that I needed to be very perfect all the time and that was when I was in my very deep people-pleasing phase of just trying to be the best that I could possibly be the best daughter the best sister the best you know person in church where when you're in church and you become older you have little children that tend to look up to you and they want to be like you so I also had the pressures of trying to be the best role model for those kids mm -hmm. and trying to be the best person that I could be in the church. Mm -hmm. So they would look up to me and, and fall in love with God and follow the rules and do the same things too. So I always felt like I needed to be really holy. Yeah, that's so on point. And from here, the expression on... Your face, that's a little person face, pre-junior yeah. high face. Looks very solemn, looks very, you know, not a typical little person face because usually they're in this state of innocence still, uh, totally oblivious to the hardships of adult world. Yeah. So where will you move on from here? So after that, I want to do a picture of myself almost looking in the mirror and in the mirror I will have my you know my conservative clothing still I'm gonna almost like touch my hand and on the other side of the mirror it's gonna be my future self so it's like I'm almost touching myself but it's gonna be like that that conservative innocent girl is almost like reaching out for like that future self of who I envisioned myself to be. And I also have some other ones where I wanted to do like a half and half. So you can see the difference of what I looked like before and what I look like now and just seeing that journey. And that must be strikingly different. That's going to be yeah. really strikingly different. Yeah, it's going to be very different because how I looked 
back then versus how I look now, you wouldn't recognize me. Like, of course, my features look the same, you know, but I've changed so much from that other person, you know, and it's just crazy when I look back on these photos and I see how far I've come. Like when you're living in it, you don't recognize it. You don't see yourself growing, you know, but when you have something visual to look at, you could really see the difference. I'm just like, wow, I don't even look like the same person. <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. And yeah. so I just wanted to share the deep personal thing about myself to people. You know, it's, it's a very scary thing to share, yeah. you know, because I know even a podcast like this, people from my past, they'll, they'll look at this and just be like, oh, my, I can't believe she's talking about this. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I've come to a place where this is me. Growing up like that is also what made me who I am today. And I want to share that. I want to share that because I want other people that are in similar situations or even in different kinds of situations where they don't feel like they can be their authentic self. I want them to see that there's hope. There is a way for you to be yourself. And it just takes a lot of inner strength, really, to mm -hmm. do it, to believe in yourself and to love yourself enough that you can tell yourself you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, a lot of all of that is Latina. I'll just say. Yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah, it really resonates a lot with that determination, the persistence, the resilience, the faith, the belief that life will become what you want it to be because you're manifesting it. Mm -hmm. All of that, at least from my experience, is coming out of the culture. So you are deeply Warm rooted in, in your heritage without really having the association yet. No, I love how you're providing that visual for women and giving back to the community, always thinking of others in your passion career, in what you love doing, you're still thinking of others. That empathy, again, very deeply rooted Latina personality. You've done a lot of uh, artwork already, and we can see it on your Instagram, and it's portraits yeah. by Tori. Yeah, Tori. Okay, bring in Tori a little bit. We'll circle back to the Instagram because the Instagram's stunning, and especially because we get to see you in action. It's like a magic wand instead of pencils <laughs> when you just see this come to life, literally. So Tori, not mm -hmm. Victoria, was that part of the distancing or was that your preference? Actually, hmm. it's funny because when I still belonged to the church, I had someone very close to me used to call me Tori. And I remembered that it really resonated with me because most people would not pronounce my name like Victoria, the way it's intended. It would be like Victoria or Victoria. Tori was a way for me to just kind of share my name. But like when I created the portraits by Tori, it was almost like I'm still kind of hanging on to what that person used to call me. But being portraits by Tori... The portraits part is like my future self. Mm. It's like mm, portraits. Like this is my dream. This is what I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the Tory part is like what I grew up being called. So. What you came from. So there, there's your right. roots. There's your foundation. And even so, she is the base for this vision of yourself, for this portrait, for this expressiveness. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. The most sentimental portrait that I've done so far, and it was in correlation to this collection, was drawing myself as a child. And that was my first time really starting to share what I feel Portraits by Tori is all about, which is 
just sharing my journey and using it as a way to express and even to process what I've gone through Mm -hmm. and the hurt that I felt. So drawing myself as a child was like my way of showing myself some self-love, just like, you know, it's okay. You know, little five-year-old self, it was all right. Like, you were going to be okay. I know in this time you didn't feel like you had much of a future, but life has a way of playing out. You brought your little Nina, your little five-year-old self, into the joy that you've created for yourself now. She gets to live that now. And in that love, she's healing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where Portraits by Tori started brewing from Mm -hmm. and why I called myself that because I think it's just a way for me to continue to show myself that you're going to live your dream and you're going to do it whether people in your life supported you or not. That's stunningly powerful and beautiful. And I'm, it makes me yeah, bring so much happiness. Yes, we all want to just lift you up because we, we love that you've made this journey and that you're here loving yourself and bringing this beautiful art to everyone that can go with that journey or maybe identify with the journey themselves of their, their own journey. Have you ever thought about, I know you've got a lot of life going on, a lot of master projects going on, but I could really see this being offered with you guiding to other women as a way to heal through the Mm -hmm. art, through thinking about their younger self, not necessarily self-portraiture, but something that they could bring forward from their childhood that was a painful point. And in that process, be healing. Yeah, that would be beautiful to do. I mean, I didn't think about that, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't think about how I could find a way for other people to, like, join them, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's a fantastic idea. And I would be so open to hearing suggestions and things of, how I could do that. How could I open my arms in that way for other people to be able to experience what I have been able to do for myself? And yeah, if you have any ideas, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You hear that? Everyone out there? Ideas. We need ideas. It would be perfect in this, even this scenario, just a remote where people can join in and probably some lead up beforehand. I used to tell this to my daughters a lot when they were extracting out of childhood, like you say, extracting out of childhood, doing the adulting, going into career mode. It's so stressful. It's so anxiety ridden. And Mm -hmm. I would tell them repeatedly, just pull out your art supplies, no expectations of what it should be, no expectations of it being perfect or good or recognizable. Just do something and knowingly you're going to throw it away at the end. It was liberating to get out of the idea that it had to be perfect, that it had to be really good, that it was something you were going to show people that you were so good at. Like, no, that's not it. It's, It's a way to give yourself a moment where you deep dive in order to express yourself through whatever you're manifesting, right? But I could totally yeah. see classes with you. That'd be so awesome. Wow. Remote classes of just going through that little moment of healing, especially going back to childhood. I, I think for myself, there's so much in childhood that I would love to bring forward and and visually put it all together. Oh, that would be so amazing. Like, it would just be so awesome to have a class where you could like get people together and I can just have them draw something or even because I'm very crafty too. So I do enjoy crafts, not just drawing, but also doing like crafty things and we could even do collages and just find things that when you were, let's say 
eight years old. Because I feel like that's the age where you really start to find things more about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you start to have moments of knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. It'd be so cool to have like eight-year-old self. If things would have been able to be your way without anybody telling you no. Yeah. What were the things that you would want to do during those times? What were even the toys that you were interested in during those times that you never got to have? And just be able to draw it. And you can draw it in memory or you can find things online and, uh-huh. and cut it out and make a little collage of all the things that you wanted to experience. And I think those are just like fun little healing activities that you could do. That's perfect. No, I love that. See, there's course one. Yeah. There's, there's, this is a second career for you. You have yeah. to do it simultaneously, but they're both healing. So I think it will bring a lot of love, but it, seriously, I, we have to start framing that as a business because I yeah. love that one topic. It's so empowering listening along with you as we go through your life and your experience and feeling envisioning ourselves along with it because the commonality it is the sisterhood i did have barbies you know i i did make them all their amazing houses out of shoe boxes the precursor to the structural engineer but it, it was i think it was actually my 40th birthday and my girlfriend brought me and she's still in her original case a consuelo the latina princess barbie so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to pull her up on, on the social media around your episode. Your name is beautiful and it speaks so much to who you are. <laughs> your name is so spiritual. And I remember when you approached me that day, you just like made me feel seen in a way that many people don't. And so... I felt like you consoled me in that moment of just like, no, I want to know more about you. Like, tell me your story. And I just was like so shocked because I was just like, wow, I've never really had anybody ask me what my story is or really want to get to know me in such a deep way. So it's beautiful. I think your name is beautiful and it fits right what your personality is. And I think that you hold a very bright beaming light in you and you give people hope and you give people a voice and you are so supportive. So no, Connie is not your name. (laughs) That does not speak to you. Mm, Thank you you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now, Claudia in English mm-hmm. is victory. Exactly. So I feel like, you know, my name, Victoria, that fits to my personality, which is I'm always going to push through no matter what. There's always going to be a victory at the end. And that describes me. That describes my fighting spirit constantly. And... We are given our names for a reason. That's it right there. That's it. You definitely have the fighting spirit. And I can't wait for you to discover your ancestors and your heritage to weave it all back together. And it'll be like your blanket of security. Oh, this has been an amazing, powerful, beautiful, spiritual deeply spiritual episode and I'm so grateful to you for taking the time to be with us and share with us not only your most vulnerable self in your stories but in your artwork and I really look forward to I will sign up for that first class when you have a moment that you could develop those healing through art classes that just sounds so perfect for you so I'm so grateful that you took the time with us today thank you so much Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for caring enough to stop me that day and just be like, what's your story? And 
and you just being like, come on my podcast. So thank <laughs> you so much. Like, no, like I feel very honored to be here and I'm just very grateful that you took the time to just really see me, like see that person. And it's just been a very, another healing thing for me to experience this. I'm just really looking forward to connecting with other Hispanic women out there and just getting more affiliated with those deep roots that I felt so disconnected with. And I know are there, but they just don't make sense to me right now. Oh, well, we will guide you through that. We will help you. There's a huge community out there of loving, vivacious, just like yourself, women who would love to share. Yeah, that's why we open the mic. That's why we have this platform in order to have our voices heard. Wow, wow, wow. I feel like we should just sit in silence after that. Victoria Blumenfeld, Latina color pencil artist, former cult member who escaped from it all, given her belief and hope that there was a joyous world waiting for her. One filled with love for her authentic true self. And as you heard, Vitoria is a beautiful, soulful person who wants to inspire and help women heal by sharing her painful journey, her art, and her compassionate kindness. This is one to hit replay on. This is one to really stop, pause, sit in it so that her empowerment, her encouragement, her love for others really wraps you in that strength and determination to walk out in this world as your authentic self, to seek that joy that she discovered. And that's what we're going to do next week. So join us for the PodClub episode of today as we take a deeper dive into the gems that Victoria shared with us and apply them to our own daily lives. Because who doesn't need to hear that you are loved for who you authentically, genuinely, truthfully are. We love you the way you were born to be. Until then, I hope this episode has empowered you to encuentras your voice, to speak the hard truth, and be welcomed and loved with wide-open abrazos for it. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao! Really appreciate the time we take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out on our website at lifelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva! Viva!